0: Welcome to Say Your Peace episode number 48. My name is Jamar.
1: My name is Christian and today we have a guest, Cyrus. Producer, friend.
2: <laughs> hello, hello. What is up, man? What up, guys? Uh man, it's been a while. Yeah, been a I know, years. Since
1: we all yeah, since we all talked.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. hung One out. Room. <laughs> Did some work together.
1: How long has it been, by the way?
0: Well, 1000 14, 15? Yeah, 14,
2: 15. Oh, shit. Yeah, dang. It's yeah. 15
1: six, or 14? 15.
2: 15, I think. Six I think 15.
1: Years. Yeah. yeah. Six years? Oh, it's
2: 2021. Right? Design. I know.
1: I feel like Time we just, like,
2: fine.
1: totally skipped over 2020.
2: It's the 13th month of uh 2020, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we
1: said that like that. Hasn't <laughs> <an> ended. <laughs> um, what have you been up to since the pandemic?
2: Um, man it's it's crazy just with the pandemic uh through the pandemic a lot has changed uh one i kind of went on pause with well currently right now i'm a a producer in the film industry here in la i can't disclose the company i work for at the moment but um actually as soon as the pandemic hit in march i kind of went on pause i went on a hiatus from my company so i kind of went and started just doing my own personal projects so that's what I've been doing, focusing on myself. Uh, sounds kind of cliche. Everybody's focusing on themselves this year, but nothing wrong with that. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it's still doing some projects here and there. And then I, I work on the side with Apple. Oh,
1: nice. okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice. You're allowed to disclose Apple?
2: Yeah. Apple's cool. They're, they're like, eh.
1: <laughs> the other company, not so much. Is that
2: like, you better saying. not? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um so some of your side projects is it producing too or is it directing or
2: pretty much um i recently did a project uh actually it was last year not so recent but um it was a project it was like a documentary project that i did uh regarding the pandemic i flew out to washington dc in the east coast to get some content there and then i had um some some other people all around the states like chicago back here in uh there in the bay area la some people in Florida as well um, shoot some content for me. And I had to do like a kind of like a small docu style video about the pandemic. Um, that was my mm. most recent project. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you didn't have to fly anywhere, right?
2: Yeah. I only flew once, which is towards DC, stayed there for almost a month. Uh, mm. One, like two weeks of quarantine, of course, had to properly follow through like those guidelines. And then after that, I, Went and shot around like the White House, like all around D.C. and stuff. And then I flew back to California and quarantined again.
0: Did you go right when the pandemic started, when the first lockdown started?
2: No, I actually I flew into D.C. I think around April or May. I waited uh, mm-hmm. two months because I was still doing some projects with the company I was working for. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, after that, I, I decided, hey, guys, I think I'm going to take some leave uh, from from us, um, from the company. I need some time for myself and plus with all these procedures that we're going through, I need to find my place where I can feel safe also Mm. for like my family because my mom is a healthcare worker. So it was really important for me to make sure that I'm not getting involved with other things that's making it worse for her and my uh, parents. So Mm. I said, I I don't think it can be involved right now in the industry uh, as what we're doing right now because there was some kind of stuff that weren't, you know, we kind of wasn't going through with the guidelines, but it's a whole nother story. I can't really...
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't want
2: to share too much but that's why I was like okay I'm just gonna do my own thing and they were pretty cool with it and like yeah sure we'll um we'll reach out to you again uh moving forward uh once we figure out as well to like what our guidelines are going to be moving forward uh because I was actually in the casting scene so I, I was a casting producer uh mm-hmm. I was doing all that and I was doing casting for a commercial and television and with all the auditions that we were going through a lot of it were it's kind of like we were just kind of going through the motions it was very normal but, you know, of course, like with the guidelines it had to be different. So that's when I said, since we're not kind of, you know, we we have to change things a little bit. I think I'll take some time off for myself and see what I can do. And they were like, sure. Yeah, um, we'll see you in a little bit. <laughs> we'll see you in a few months. Mm. Yeah.
1: One's still going too, huh?
2: Yeah, which is still going. Like I'm still on pause with the company, uh, which was really because they reached out to me actually recently um, towards, I think around December. And they were just wondering, like, how, how I've been doing. Um, so technically, I'm still employed with them. But oh, okay. um, but they told me that um, they'll reach out again once everything is a little bit more smooth because our clientele uh, kind of bounces back and forth as well, too, because, you know, we'll get a project here. And then next thing you know, two weeks later, they're like, oh, sorry, we have to cancel this project. So it yeah. wasn't really consistent. Um, so they want, they want something where it's more consistent for me to come back to work for. And I said, that's totally fine with me. I think
1: that's probably how photographers are dealing with, right? Like, Jamar, you're, like, experiencing some limbo with with project work like that, right? They would say- they Yeah, especially,
0: like, in the beginning. Like I said before on a couple episodes um, before this one, when COVID first started, I had, like, 20 projects cancel on me, like, in the weekend, right after they announced the lockdown and stuff. So I was like, oh, shit, I don't know what I'm going to do for a while and stuff. But everything's bounced back since- and everything so I'm just chilling right now
2: that's dope that's really cool Mm -hmm. yeah I'm glad that Mm -hmm. at least for you like it you know it's still flowing and everything I mean luckily too fortunately for me it wasn't too drastic where it's like oh my god I don't have a job or oh no like Mm -hmm. what am I going to do but there definitely was that time frame where it's like from March till like August I'm like what's going on like how's the company going to be like or what are we going to do moving forward and you know what's, what's what what are the next steps and then now it's 2021 and we're still trying to figure things out
0: yeah yeah definitely stressful
2: (laughs) yeah
1: when you um so you said you're a producer now I mean we introduced you as a producer um how did you transition from a photographer a videographer into a uh, producer because when we first were in the the room together it was you were more like a creative director quote-unquote plus the Mm -hmm. photographer and videography and then you found like your calling was more of like producer. Right. Yeah. So, what was like the steps to get there? Like,
2: yeah, I think um, when when we were um, you know when we were collaborating together, uh, that that was a role I wanted to emphasize on as a it's is to be a creative director. Uh, I I mean beforehand, of course, I was doing photography. At first, it was just for fun. Photography was just for fun. It was a hobby that I wanted to get into because my dad kind of influenced me along with other friends in high school and middle school. Um, and then moving forward, it started getting serious because. Uh, I started getting gigs left and right. Like people started contacting me, and I'm like, oh wow, I could actually turn this into a career. And then from that photography scene, I started realizing a lot of a lot of the team members that I started partnering with, or my colleagues that I started partnering with um, really liked the direction I was heading towards, where I would kind of give them the the creative perspective, the direction, the the you know like the concept and the the theme of of the shoots that we're going through. Uh, and then from there, that's when we ended up partnering, us three, we had that collaboration that we were doing for a few months, and I thought, wow, this is great, like, the creative director uh, role is actually something that I found that was kind of my emphasis, what I really liked the most, but beyond that, I had already, like, a goal or purpose, like, through my life or my career with art, because um, a little backstory. I moved here from the Philippines when I was eight years old. Uh, I think I met Kresha or is that what they call you? Christiane? <laughs> <laughs> is that a secret? Close is...
1: friends call me Kresha now. Exposure.
2: So I, I met Christiane. I think I was in high school, um, hanging out, yeah. Pittsburgh, you know, just doing some hood rat stuff. <laughs> 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 and then um, at that time, uh, I was already thinking to myself, like, I need to have a purpose with what I'm doing with my life. And my purpose was—it was for my brother. My brother is disabled; he's paralyzed from neck down. Uh, we moved here to America because of him, so that he could be—he uh, can go through hospital and go through surgeries here. Um, and I remember telling myself one day I want to get—you uh, know—as my career, I want to be able to be a storyteller. And I—I to- I told myself, how am I going to do that? Um, how am I—how how am I going to be a storyteller? And what is the purpose behind that storytelling? And so I told myself, my biggest role in that career path is to share the story of my brother of what I wish he could have had in his life um you know if he was able to walk if he was able to um you know travel uh do things that I did do photography and have fun like that and hang out with friends so then i told myself um even moving forward when i met you guys or like when we hung out again and then we collaborated in those projects together i said i think this is it this is the path i want to take to show that i'm serious about that goal i wanted So then I went back to school. I went to Academy of Art University in San Francisco, and then I double majored in production and animation. So I wanted to get involved in that and double in that because I wanted to create an animation story about my brother and produce that uh, hand in hand. And after after school, I said, well, this is it. This is exactly the career that's meant for me. And I think production is more for me more than it is directing. But then Mm -hmm. again, like directing and production, like or being a producer kind of goes hand in hand as well. Um, production is more of like the logistic stuff and then being a director is more of like the hands-on in-person type thing, like, you know, in front of the camera thing. So I really enjoyed giving the spotlight to people more than being the spotlight. Mm. Uh, so that's why I said, let me focus on just being that one title, the producer. Let me be the person that will help you be who you want to be. Um, and so I focused on that and then here I am in LA doing that uh, for everyone.
1: Yeah, how far? How long ago did you move out there?
2: I just moved about. I it was about four, three or four years ago. Three years, three to four yeah. years. Yeah, 2017. Hmm. I moved here in 2017. Were you nervous? I was scared. Um, yeah. The reason why I was scared was, um, I mean, for us, you know, like living in the Bay Area, growing up in the Bay Area, we love the culture, we love the people, mm-hmm. um, and we get comfortable with that. I, and there's just something about the I don't know the energy that we have there in the Bay Area that you just can't let go of. But to me, I'm the type of person that like when I start to become comfortable, I, f- I start to feel like that I'm not growing anymore. So and mm. that's what I was feeling there um, when we were in that process, when we were collaborating together in those projects. I was telling myself, "Is this it? Like, is this what I want to continue doing for the rest of my life?" And then I think I hit that like that point where I was like, "Oh no, I I." I don't want to be comfortable here. Like, this is fun. This is great. I I see myself pursuing this even further, but I don't want to just stay here. I want to do more, and I want to have more meaning to the work that I do. So I moved to L.A., and actually L.A. was the last place I wanted to move to. I just really didn't like the L.A. environment. One, the weather is horrible horrible here what um, yeah the weather people love the heat i i don't i love the cold like san francisco the bay area weather oh man that's beautiful
1: you're from the philippines that's like
2: <laughs> that's the reason why i'm not there anymore right
1: <laughs> that's so, funny
2: yeah and then when i moved here i was to be honest with you i i think i fell into like this dark hole my first year yeah. moving to la because I told myself, like, okay, I'm here now, but what am I doing? Like, why? Like, why did I even go here? Like, I don't like it here. Like, I'm so bitter towards everybody. I'm so bitter towards, like, the environment. And then I told myself, like, you know what? I'm uncomfortable. And then I reminded myself, that's what I wanted to begin with. I wanted to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. again, so I needed to change my perspective. And mm-hmm. two years, three years later, I'm I'm enjoying it here. I, I like it here. I like the people. And um, it's really opened up my mind about everything that I thought the Bay Area culture was versus the LA culture. Um, and it's, it's been great. Um, I, I don't think I would be anywhere else but here in LA. I
1: think with that being said though, with when you first move to LA, you said you were scared. And then mm-hmm. there's always that part when like you're nervous and then you start questioning like if something I'm doing is right. And then you start questioning after a certain long after that, Okay, this is your moment to back out.
2: Yeah. And then you start definitely.
1: hitting a slow face. I feel like you always hit the slow face. I feel like 2020 was like that also, right? It's oh, like Oh, without uh, a doubt. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then yeah. you're just like,
1: oh, okay, you find your momentum afterwards.
2: I think it's 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 because um, you know, when you get in a new environment, um you you have all these like perceptions, like these like preconception of what you think it'll be like. It's always gonna be like that. Like, Or even for like photography, like Jamar knows this, like when we plan out things for, or even you as an organizer, you know, like planning things out and then you come into to the set or like when you're there in the gig, it doesn't always follow through. You don't always have a perfect plan, right? And that's what happened Never. with LA for me. Actually, I got invited, uh, while I was still at Academy of Art, I got invited to work for a company here Um, that was like my dream job, my dream career. Um, and it was really at that moment, they're like, do you want to take this opportunity? And I should have, like, it was, it was supposed to be like, you know, for anybody, for anybody else, they would have been like, yes, I'm going there. I'm moving in. I'm taking that dream job. I'm going to fulfill my life in there. But for me, when that happened, actually, when I got that, um, invitation, it was the time when we were still, um, collaborating together. It was around 2015, 2016, and I declined it. And my parents said, of all things that you've done in your life, and you said you wanted to have this as your, this was your dream job. Why did you say no? Like you've been working hard for this like your whole life. And my my biggest no was, my reason was, because I want to take care of you guys first. Um, you know, mom. Yeah, like there's a lot of things that I still need to do for you guys. Um, you were here, you helped me move here to America. Um, and now I see that there are certain things that you guys are struggling with. My purpose as your son is to, you know, to help you, to support you and be that, be that reason, you know, for your guys' life now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and like, again, like I said, like, I I wanted to be a producer because I wanted to bring that spotlight to others rather than being, being on the spotlight. So I always wanted to do things for others more than for myself. And so that's Mm -hmm. why I declined that opportunity. But then when 2017 hit, I told myself, you know what? I wasn't doing it because I was being selfless. I was doing it because I was really scared because I didn't know how it was going to be like once I moved to a new environment that I didn't know about um, the culture itself alone. I had no idea about, even though like I've visited LA many times before, um, it's different when you're living in that you know place. And so when I moved here, it was just, I kind of blanked out. Like I thought I was going to get the career. You know, I, I went back to the interview and I didn't get it. Um, I you know and they knew who I was they they were like yeah come back to us whenever you're ready and, but and then I got there and I was like but you told me when I was ready and I'm ready now yeah but it didn't fall through so then I told myself like for I would say five or six months in 2017 I told myself I don't think it's gonna happen um, I think it's time for me to just go back to the bay and just maybe try to pursue something else and um, but I didn't uh, something told me just like hold it on for, you know, hold on for a little bit more, um, Mm -hmm. see what you can do and see what happens. And that's what I did for, I would say a year and a half moving forward from 2017 until 20, close to 2019. Nothing. I, I felt like nothing was happening in my life,
1: but, Mm
2: -hmm. um, but it was more pre 2020. (laughs) Yeah. It was like right (laughs) right before all of this. And I thought nothing was happening, but then I think it was just more so mentally because I kept telling him I was undermining all the work and the the effort that I was actually doing here in LA. Mm. Um, so yeah, it, it was, it was a lot of fear, insecurities and all that stuff thinking that I'm not going to be successful because if you, you know, like in a Bay area, it's easy for you to kind of be like, oh, I know that guy, like Cyrus, oh, yeah, that's my homie, like, oh, Jamar, yeah, I know who that photographer is, you know, like, Mm -hmm. that that guy shoots everywhere, like, he's in Sacramento, he's down in the Bay Area, sometimes he'll be in the, you know, SF, but in LA, nobody knows you, because everybody's supposedly (laughs) a big shot, you know, everybody, everybody's a a musician, everybody's a photographer, everybody's, so you're just kind of one of those people, and so that's what I thought to myself, I'm not going to make it, I'm just one of them, Mm-hmm. so that was the biggest struggle I had when I first moved here
1: yeah I think out there that's why the culture is like very different than our that's why that's why Jaymar always says fuck LA you know? <laughs> I, can't <laughs> do it. I can't
0: do it I've been offered jobs and stuff out there and like I'll go down there to travel and work I don't want to live there yeah, I don't know what it is
2: it's crazy um so here's here's a crazy part about that my perspective I felt like flipped So Mm -hmm. I always told myself, "Ah, I can't do L.A. L.A. is going to be the last place I'm going to go to. And then I chose to move to the last place I'd ever moved to um, Mm -hmm. because I wanted that discomfort. And then I got the discomfort. And I'm like, man, why did I do this to myself? But then when I started meeting the right people, I think it's all that all it really is. It's yeah, it's just meeting the right people, Um, people that you can vibe with people that you can connect with in that level that you've had already beforehand. But then. But not only you can vibe with, but can elevate you, and that's all that I really needed. After mm-hmm. I started meeting people, and it wasn't like I was purposely, because a lot of I, I met a lot of people that would tell me like you should go to these events, go to like these Directors Guild events, um, go to this Production Guild event, or go to these uh, you know open mics or all these like um, all these random events that you can get to so you can be known or like kind of showcase your work and resume and all that stuff. And that's the best way. That's that's what they would always tell you here. That is the best way to get connected with people. And I did. I tried that. But I told myself, man, a lot of these people were stuck up, like really pretentious. Like they thought that they're already big shots or they are big shots. So they don't care about people like me. Oh, like, oh, you're from San Francisco, Bay Area, huh? Mm. But here's yeah. the crazy part. When I started to meet the right people, it was the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. I had F- F- I felt like I had that close-minded mentality.
1: Where mm. everybody
2: else was so welcoming. They were like, You're from San Francisco. That's awesome. Like, can you tell us a little bit about your, you know, your experience there? And and from there on, like, I started just continuing to meet the right people, not only to vibe with, but to elevate mm. me. They were mm. helping me and motivating me and inspiring me to say, like, this is what we can do for you, but what can, you know, how much more can we help you pursue the things that you want to do? And I started to feel more open-minded. And I said, you know what? People here aren't so bad at all. And then I started to realize, it's not LA people that are pretentious. It's not even the Bay Area people that are pretentious or like entitled. It's the people that choose to think that other people will just brush them off or push them away. And then you become that person that you actually thought that those other people are, right? Oh, that right. person's an asshole. But actually you're the asshole for thinking that person's an asshole, yeah. you know? Like why? Like why'd you assume that? Because they're in a, from a different location or whatever. And it, I think it comes from that insecurity, that fear, like, how is that person going to perceive me because I'm from a different place or I have a mm-hmm. different culture? Um, and so that's where I started thinking, like, LA people aren't so bad at all. And then, you know, my Bay Area fans like, man, you're so fake. Like, you go to LA yeah. now, all of, a, all of a sudden, like, you know, you're all brand new. And I'm like, no, that's not it. I think, I think it's just about open-mindedness. When I found that out, I was like, this is it. I think this is the right, this is the right kind of environment I should be in. And that's all I really needed to do.
1: It works for some people it doesn't work for others you know um yeah. i don't have much experience with like living in la you know what i mean jamar did you try living in la
0: i just know i'd get lost in the sauce yo. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, it.
2: i so- would end up
0: it, it would be a lot of like distractions you know what i'm mm. saying for me so like i know how to keep my head level
2: and i know if i moved out there i would get lost yo. i know for sure i would yeah. And, and that, that there's nothing wrong with that either. Like mm-hmm. anybody that chooses not to take that route, it, it's, it's okay. You know, it's not mm-hmm. for everyone. And if you choose not to take that route, that's, you know, that, that's totally fine because everyone has their own, you know, path that they want to take. And as long as you're continuing to feel successful in what you're doing, then you're just doing mm-hmm. the right thing. And yeah. and there are a lot of people that even move here to LA and then next thing, you know, three months later, they just go back home. You know, they yeah. just quit. They just like, yeah. ah, this mm-hmm. actually wasn't for me which is yeah. which is okay too. Like, it's all right to feel that way.
0: And I'm kind you of know- exposing myself right now because a lot of companies that I work with in LA think I do stay in LA <laughs> and I just come out there. Like, hey, like hey. I, they, they think I stay out in LA. Like a lot of people think I do stay out there.
1: Is it I because think. you act like an asshole? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's because I literally be telling them like, I'll be like, yeah, I'm out here. Like, just yeah, so I don't lose yeah. out on opportunities, you know.
1: Yeah. But I'll just fly out, or
0: yeah, I'll fly out or drive out. You it know, it doesn't take that long to get there. Yeah. I'll
1: be I'll be quite mm-hmm. honest. Like I I heard okay, so Timothy DeLeghetto, Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So he he tweeted one time, like a while back, saying that it's some of the transplants that go to L.A. that ruin it for everybody
2: else. You know. Exactly. That's that's what it is. And yeah. when I when I say like finding the right people a lot of the people that I'm kind of like giving praise to right now are the people that were born and raised in LA. Raised
1: in LA, yeah. Like
2: these aren't the, I, I, I can hands down vouch for that. If you meet anybody that like, let's say moved from Europe or moved from even New York or Chicago and they went to like a fancy art school or whatever. And so that's why they're here in LA now as a director. Um, they're usually the ones that are like kind of over the top. <laughs> they're just too much. Over here. Over here. (laughs) Hello. No. You can you can talk to my assistant. Uh I'm I'm too busy. That's them. That's them.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Moving on from the conversation because the beta LA debate will always be there. Um, photography life during the pandemic. What's a struggle that both of you have been experiencing since the pandemic? And I'm I'm coming, I'm coming to this because I ain't a photographer you know Mm -hmm.
2: so good point good point (laughs) exhibit
1: Uh, a when my camera issues
2: (laughs) or just having an icon you know like oh yeah
1: Yeah. (laughs) rotate the lens anyway
2: i think i mean i mean for you jaymar like what was your biggest struggle (laughs) i'm interviewing you now well (laughs) i think the biggest struggle was just like
0: i was turning down gigs because i didn't want to go to like florida Oh Because wow. okay. I got offered to go to Florida to be in the bubble, the NBA bubble. And I was oh, wow. like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to go there. Yeah. yeah. And stuff. And it's like, I don't know. Like, I think the thing that worked for me was that I started putting out like small business promos. Mm. And I started working with a lot of small businesses to help them out because everyone was trying to ramp up their marketing to go online and everything. They have their social media presence like bigger. So when I did that, it like ramped up business like real fast. Like I was like fully booked for like months.
2: That's crazy. And this is all through the pandemic and stuff. Like as you were, yeah. like, as like it from
0: when did um the second lockdown start? I think it was like in July. Yeah. July. Again. Yeah. So like from July till end of November, I was like fully booked. Like I was working like almost every day. And like, if I wasn't working or doing a shoot, I was doing like editing at home and stuff. So I worked my ass off because I knew that around like Christmas time, I'm, I was like, they're going to shut down again. I know for sure they will. Yeah. Because they kept saying like second wave and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I was like, I need to work as much as I can. So that's what I did and stuff. And they did shut down again. Yeah. <laughs> so, Were you yeah. kind
1: of like a brand manager type of deal? Was I... Um, did- like, yeah, because, I mean, you say you're helping them. So would, would it be kind of like a brand manager type of thing or like I mean, advisor? I wasn't like
0: so – I would say advisor more more as an advisor, not like okay. a manager because I wasn't mm. like managing their like social media. Yeah, you weren't like a PR playing. or anything. Mm-hmm, yeah. But I was helping them like develop their marketing strategy and everything and also giving them all like the content
2: and stuff. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, for me, like with the pandemic – um it's crazy because yeah like a lot of my friends even when i before i moved to la i had friends already here in la and a lot of them knew me as the photographer you know like oh he's he was that guy that was being featured here and you know shot an iphone this and that um publications but when i moved here to la my main focus was i'm not going to do anything photography related i'm going to do things production related i'm going to be the logistics Mm -hmm. guy i'm going to do all the back-end stuff and work with film and stuff and when the pandemic hit it was weird. It was ironic. It's like all of a sudden people started reaching out to me again for photography. Um, I was getting contacted, and I thought it would be the opposite, right? You know, pandemic's happening. Everything's being locked down. Things are shutting mm-hmm. down. But friends were like, "Yo, I'm about to graduate from, you know, from college. I wanna, I wanna hire you as my photographer for my grad photos." Or, I have, um, I have a friend that's gonna do like um, a music video. We were wondering if you can take some photos and be the creative director for the video as well. Um, they were just like left and right. But I think my biggest struggle wasn't that I wasn't getting gigs or actually even with my company, even my company was asking me, like, can you do this work? Can you go here? Can you like travel there? Can you um, assist us in this? Can you come back to the office? Like I was being tossed around left and right. So my problem wasn't I wasn't getting enough. It was I was getting too much. And then I had to like find a focus of what am I going to do? Like I need to do one thing instead of doing everything all at once. Mm -hmm. So I like declined. The gig for the graduation i was declining wedding stuff uh, i was dec- declining any offers and stuff I, I got excited about the music video but that didn't fall through because of you know pandemic and stuff and we, there were a lot of regulations and rules here for production stuff mm-hmm. so i i stayed away from it but then the biggest problem after that is you were getting so much right like you were getting called left and right and then you decline a few offers here and there Next thing you know, you actually don't have anything to accept anymore. <laughs> and you're like, uh, oops, like uh, now what? Mm-hmm. And so that part, I think it was around May or June, uh, I started thinking to myself, I think I kind of gave up too easily on everything. I thought I was going to get more, but then it kind of became stagnant.
0: Yeah, I think 2020 definitely um, helped me realize or helped me like not to get my hopes up about some shoots because there was. Is- three shoots that i was really excited for and when it got like canceled because of like covid i was like real down about it i was like what the fuck and i'd be like hella down for like two days and stuff mm-hmm. but yeah like now it's just like oh you know it's gonna get canceled probably <laughs> so yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> it, oh, is what well. it is it is. what you know yeah it, gotta just go with it
2: there was this actually there was this one gig well not even a gig it was it was going to be that that one project that i thought yes finally um and my colleague um, from apple she was also getting hired for the project and it was a it was a test project that they wanted to do uh, i wish i can say the company it's so exciting to just like i just want to do it and the next thing you know i'm i'm getting citations and stuff. <laughs> but fired. but this company yeah. like <laughs> yeah yeah the company hired both of us or like reached out to us and she was going to get hired as one of the assistants for the project and they were going to have multiple like episodes um and mm. so we got excited for it and we're like this is it this is what we're going to go through like and it was going to happen in october of last year so coming into i think it was june or july when we shut down again all of a sudden they canceled the show so then they were like sorry i'm um, everyone that we've hired for this uh role and I know you guys are going to be working you guys were planning to be working with us in October we're no longer going to be involved in that um we're canceling it and so with my casting project for that it was it also ended up getting canceled Mm -hmm. um and so then I got I started getting thrown all these other projects for like a casting producing role and I'm like "Hmm, I don't really want to do I don't really want to do this one and um so that's where I started like, I, I think I need to choose wisely what I should start working on at this time. Yeah.
0: Has your company um, transitioned to doing casting over Zoom? Because I know yeah. a bunch of people that have to do that now.
2: Yeah, a lot of our casting processes, uh, mainly Zoom or like WebEx and mm-hmm. stuff, and we record or we just have them record themselves, give, the, give us Send their content. In. But the downside of that is because there's specific things that we look for in a talent, um, usually when we're doing the casting. And a lot of it, we have to see it in person, you know, like we have mm-hmm. to see them act right there and then, or we have to tell them a certain dialogue that they need to hear. But when we do casting, like just via zoom, or if we ask them to give us content that to just like upload a lot of the times they don't even follow through the guidelines. And we're like, man, mm-hmm. what was the point of even like asking? You guys <laughs> to like, you know, like, it was really yeah. frustrating because we'll have like yeah. 300 talents that we have to go through for the, for that whole day. And then more than, mm-hmm. you know, like, 200 of them like didn't follow the guidelines so we're like okay now we have to contact them all over again and tell them to redo it you know so yeah really as opposed
1: to when you're like in person and then you you can just tell them on the spot right it's yeah like,
2: and then we'll just retake like oh can we'll do another reshoot real quick um mm-hmm. i know we'll do another five minutes for you guys like like that it was yeah. just a lot easier that way
1: so y'all been thinking about photography for like since like for, ever huh
2: forever like forever
1: because I, mean, I know you were taking pictures how old were you kids. when
2: you started Bro, I started. I think I was like ten years old, nine or ten. Okay, oh, wow. so when
1: I met when I met Cyrus, I remember like on mm-hmm. MySpace, and then they're like everybody's posing like. Yeah. And then against, against against the car, just like. Yeah.
2: Taking with mm-hmm. their hats. Taking a, taking a picture like at the Bart, like waiting at the Bart station. Yeah. <laughs> yes, those photos.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. kind of like one of those things that you, if you always had like interest in, it's like you know, it just comes naturally. I don't know. It's just like it's something that you're interested in.
2: Well, I've always, I've always known that I was an artist. Like, I was actually before even photography, I was a dancer. I actually, I, I did professional dancing, like competitively and all. Oh, that I think stuff.
1: I, I kind of remember that. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and
2: um, yeah, I like I, <laughs> I, I always say that it's kind of a weird time of my life, but I think at this point now, I'm like, I think it's something to be proud of, but. I used to be a backup dancer for like Filipino celebrities. So it was like,
1: oh yeah, really?
2: yeah, like, even, yeah, Ooh. like I was in the show uh Showtime. Yeah. Well, so we, yeah, we danced alongside with Jabba Walkies and stuff. Oh, and God. it was funny. Yeah. It was all those. And then, and then we would like perform at like Great America and like <laughs> we would do all those <laughs> shows and stuff. It was, it was crazy.
1: That's funny. Um,
2: but then afterwards, like I, I knew I always liked photography um mm. again also because my friends in middle school were also into it and it kind of influenced me even further so i said like man i'm just going to keep yeah. doing it yeah so mm. i i just fell into it and i, I loved it more and more it's that's like the complete
0: of- opposite of me <laughs>
1: <laughs> what, what is happened? what it what, what i know what happened to you like yeah What, what was do like you, how process? is this the complete opposite i've told
0: i've told you <laughs> he wanted to be a dancer
1: all of a sudden no
0: i was i was <laughs> trying to be a rapper yo
1: yeah Oh, I was oh, gonna yeah. be a
0: rapper in 2010. Oh, ah, ah, 2010. And I and the only reason why I got a camera was to
2: do my own pictures. Well that's crazy. Yeah. So it's really been like a good decade. Now. When I first met you, actually, I always mm-hmm. thought that you were that like that photographer. Like when whenever I had friends that wanted to take photos, like kind of like import model style, or like um, mm-hmm. you know, like with with these other like uh, models or anything like that, I was like, oh man, I know the right person for this. It was always just like J-Mar as the person that you can <laughs> pick up because I always knew that I, I always thought that like oh man, jmar has been doing this for years, but I didn't know like it was like nah. Yeah, I, wanted to I started around. in two thousand ten. That's crazy. I went to
0: school for sound engineering.
2: Oh, that's awesome. So it's like
0: yeah, so it was like a complete different turn for mm-hmm. me
2: but do you stuff. love like do you love the photography yeah, i love still? it that's i love awesome.
0: it it's still doing something creative and everything that's okay. so that's what i i still love it like to this day even though like i do mostly like video work nowadays yeah and stuff but other than that like i i still love it it's still a creative outlet for me
2: yeah i think it'll never go away you know once you mm-hmm. once you have that like perception like that perspective it, even sometimes like i'll walk around i'm like man that's some good lighting. <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: yeah when when i go yeah. with my girl to sephora and shit and we see like you know the makeup ads yeah I'll just be like this is how they lit it up right there Yeah.
2: you, you can see all the lighting right here and be all be technical going, and stuff like, like they, they have yeah that. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what i would do too i'll, I'll be all mm-hmm. technical and like okay you know yeah i get mm-hmm. it <laughs> and i'll be like i'll be like look at this shit. you can see the photographer right there in yeah the fucking
0: eyeball and stuff <laughs>
2: yeah yeah so
1: sure. where are you trying to, like, head to, like, now? Like, because producer-wise, right? So, like, what's the next step for you?
2: So, yeah, my – well, my next role, uh, I'm going to just speak it into existence now. Like, I, I want to work for Marvel. Um, nice. Yeah. So. Hey, recruit
1: us for the next um, – gotcha, the Filipinos. Gotcha. The <laughs> Filipino. <laughs> the,
2: <laughs> that, that new comic story with that mermaid or something like that? Or wave, wave, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, mermaid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, but that's, that's my next goal, like, uh, reaching out to Marvel, uh, Disney – there's some few uh, colleagues of mine that um, have been wanting me to actually like move forward with like reaching out to certain people. I've just Mm. kind of been putting it on pause because again, like I want to be in a better mental space with everything that's going on right now. So Marvel is going to be my next direction. Uh, Hopefully it pulls through, but also I've been dabbling in with acting. So I did a lot, I did a few commercials here and there. Um, So those were really fun. (laughs) Um, So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, You know,
1: is there anything else that you want to talk about that you wanted to put on the podcast?
2: I think, um, I guess like, yeah, with the whole, like, like the, the thing with the pandemic and everything, I know there's a lot of, cause I know you guys have a lot of, like with your past episodes, I've watched it also. And there are some things that were really, really awesome. Like with the whole cancel culture, for example, um, mm. you guys' topics about that. I, I think I just kind of wanted to give like some pointers. I know you have audience that do listen and some of these audiences mm-hmm. are a bunch of artists too. And. I think with this pandemic, a lot of people have been asking like, why, like what's going on in your life? How do you get through this process? Like I'm struggling right now to even make ends meet. Um, mm. And, or for example, like that whole creative block thing, like um, not knowing exactly what to do and how to be more creative in this process in the pandemic. Um, I think just one thing I want to say is like, a, like just keep, keep trying to have intent with your goals rather than having a purpose. I had a I had a conversation with one of my bros I haven't talked to in a while too and um, I asked him cuz he's kind of going through this phase too and I asked him like well how do you find your purpose behind all of this and he's like I don't I don't have a purpose I have intentions um, and that really hit me and I was like damn like that totally makes sense is like if you have an intent like let's say I want to be a really skilled drawer like I want to be able to paint really well or make an animation and you say, oh, your purpose is to be an animator. Yeah, okay, your purpose is to be an animator, but that's because you said so. Like, that's what you're thinking. That's what you want to do. But what is the intent behind it? Like, do you just want to be an animator? But what about animation? So he was telling me, like, have an intent. Have small, measurable goals. You know, um, mm-hmm. so create goals that you can measure. Uh, like 9 a.m. till 12 p.m. I'm going to go and draw head shapes and practice head shapes so that I can perfect how to draw a head. That's my intention behind this animation project. Um, and then let's say I want to become healthier. I want to have the intent to be able to run 25 minutes rather than having the purpose of being healthier because it makes it a lot easier for you to motivate yourself when you have intentions behind those things, those goals that you want. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people, when they have that creative block, uh, a writer's block, uh, an artist's block, photographer's block. Because sometimes you, as a photographer, and I know j Mark could vouch for this, you shoot so many gigs back and forth, you start to look at it and you're like, damn, all of my photos just look the same. But I want to stand out. There are thousands, millions of photographers out there now. Um, but I wa- I still want to continue to stand out and I want to be looked at as that's the photographer you want to hire. But how do you do that when you start to see in your own art that like, oh man, it just all looks the same. So when you have those moments of creative block, have an intent. Um, And what I did for myself, like this pandemic, I slowed down. I said, you know what? It's great that I'm getting all these opportunities, but maybe it's time for me to just go back to the fundamentals. I moved to LA thinking I had these expectations. I'm going to be a producer. Great. Big shot. Like, oh, awesome. Like I got hired for casting company, but now it's like, well, what's your intention behind it? Like, what are you going to try to do? And so that's where you come into that roadblock where you're like, damn, I'm not doing anything progressive. But when you slow it down, bring yourself back to fundamentals. I want to do casting. Okay, I want to be a producer and I want to cast talents. But how do you do that? You get to know talent. So you get to interact with people again. You know, start socializing with other people that you've never met before. Um, Reach out. Be open about talking to other people. Ask for pointers. Um, You know, talk to other creatives that maybe have the same mind as you or maybe don't have the same mind as you. Um, if you're a photographer talk to a videographer to get a different perspective. Um, if you're a writer talk to an, uh, an il- illustrator like talk to an artist. If you do PR marketing type thing talk to someone that does finance, because you get to see a different perspective of that business, and then you open yourself up to a different realm and you're like wait you know what I never had a create a block I just kept telling myself I can't do it anymore. Uh, there's this book that I actually read. It's, 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 it's actually about mastery, like having the skill to master that one thing. Um, but in the book, it was saying no matter how many years you've worked on something, you'll never be a master at it. You'll never be perfect. You'll never have, You'll never find perfection. The moment that you start thinking that you're there is when you're going to stop growing. And I think a lot of artists, that's the reason why we kind of have the same message, but with different mm-hmm. wordings, is because that's mm-hmm. when we bring ourselves back to that fundamental of wanting to learn again, we start realizing, man, this is really how we become more creative. So as long as you start telling yourself, you when you humble yourself again, because a lot of people do that, you move to LA and you're like, oh, I'm a big shot. I got hired as a producer, or I got to work with projects and companies that I can't even tell you about. You know, you think you're a big shot now and you're making all this money. But no, dude, you're just like a tiny speck in front of all these other artists. You know, in front of you.
1: It's kind of like Kobe. remember Kobe when his commercials? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Are you this? But are you this mm-hmm. same beast in a different animal or something like that? <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, what does that mean? I think what I'm just trying to get to is that when you see see people like Beyonce, mm-hmm. she's everyone knows she's on top. But as like you said. You have this notion like if you stop there and you think you're the best like you're gonna stop growing yeah. so beyonce she knew she was like the best right or she is the best yeah. but she kept mastering her craft she gets better every time she releases yeah, an album and the same thing with like all these basketball players mm-hmm. you know like steph curry he could have stopped over the hell that he stopped at but he that's kept right. going right so it's like taking in and learning more is and being humble if, if you notice when you meet Beyonce she still she still stays humble when you see when you meet Steph Curry he's still humble you know
2: I actually had some friends that um that got to work at the um was it Coachella it was a Coachella performance that she had that was like really mm-hmm. big um where she had all the drummers and everything like the band and all that yeah um my girlfriend like watched that for ends and ends like non-stop on <laughs> Netflix for a while but even on that Netflix um you know, documentary that she had for that. She was saying, like, I know I've done this plenty of times before, you know, years and years back, but I never stopped finding myself to become healthier, not just physically, but mentally. How do I allow myself to be healthier in this process? Because no one is going to take me seriously, unless they see that I've grown beyond what I did before. Okay, Mm -hmm. like, great, I did a Super Bowl or like, or like a performance before. But how can I exceed that in a Coachella performance, you know, like mm-hmm. shit like that. And that's what she did. And then like, um, the, my friend that was a dancer for the, the Coachella set, um, she was saying that when she met Beyonce, she spoke to everyone, she asked everyone, like, how do you feel about this? Um, Because I want to learn from your perspective. And that's crazy, you know, like being like a celebrity like her, asking people that technically, you know, we're way below her ranks, you know, like Mm -hmm. she's asking for their pointers, for their opinions, for their insight. And I, that's, that's what you have to do. Like you have to keep being in that mindset that you can learn something from even the smallest person in that group. Right. Take
1: note, Philippines. Well, thank you for the advice. Thank you for your
2: insight. (laughs) No, thank you for having me here. I it's, it's, you know, it was really great, uh, being able to work with you guys before and being invited to this, uh, you know, your guys um, Podcast was really awesome. I got really excited when you get, hit me up and I was like, hey. hell yeah. I was like, <laughs> hell yeah. I was watching your guys' stuff already. I was like, wow, now you're going to interview me. Hell yeah.
1: <laughs> it feels uh, dope because it's like um we were just in a room once and then. Yeah. And mm-hmm.
2: here, here we are, we are now. <laughs> different walks of life too, you know, like doing yeah. different things. It's nice yeah. to hear and catch up with you guys too and see, hearing your guys' stories. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me.
1: I know. It's such an honor Definitely. to bring you on. Yeah. It's so great. Very
2: humbling experience for me too. And and this also, even this was setting, <laughs> the setting itself was a, <laughs> a learning experience for me too. So, <laughs> All
1: right. Lightning round. All right. You have three, you have three people to choose from. In okay. here. Who would you want on your team in a zombie apocalypse?
2: Oh man. Let's see. Okay. If I, if I had, if there was a, this is, this is funny because when I, when I get high all the time, like I'll have like I'll have this mm-hmm. question all the time, okay, there's the zombie apocalypse, what are you gonna do? But mm-hmm. three people, I would say I would have this is tough. I don't trust anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust anybody because I think I think this is my mentality. <laughs> if I had a choice to have three people, we'd all end up being dead like no matter who it is <laughs> but if i take care of myself I, at least i know i don't have to worry about anybody else but okay oh if i God. had three people i'd have i'd have one celebrity it'd be like a comedian like chris rock or something like cause i need i need somebody like funny you know like i need somebody <laughs> to like entertain me be, be, like the whole world's going to be crazy as shit you know yeah. like people killing each other like there's zombies and shit like i need something that will lighten up my mood or something i need chris okay. rock or something to like make me laugh and then the other two i think it'd be like i don't know my girlfriend maybe so i don't feel lonely <laughs>
1: oh damn uh-huh. you,
2: gotta, you gotta have that you know
1: <laughs> you gotta have that you, you, have, a you uh-huh. have a point you have a point
2: point. and then mm-hmm. my third my third would be just like it would be like somebody i meet as a stranger like through the whole mm. apocalypse but it had to be someone that i because if you have a stranger you don't have to worry about can I trust this person? Because if I don't trust a person, I could just get rid of them easily. Yeah. But if you have mm-hmm. someone that's close to you, you're going to be like, ah, oh, man, how do I get rid of this person? Do I got to kill them? You know, oh, <laughs> do I got to go to the dark side and just kind of like get rid of that person now or feed them to the zombies or whatever? But a third person would have to be a stranger.
1: <laughs> Here's the ne- next question. Yeah. Say we're like in a, you know, WWE, SmackDown. Yeah what is your entrance song going to be?
2: Oh, man. I'll make it, like, really dark. Some, like, really, like, metal, like, goth-type song or whatever. Because, like, I'm, I, I mean, not going to lie. I'm, like, I'm old, but I'm tiny. So I'll walk in there. They're not going to take me seriously. But if I get something intimidating, like, a song like that, people mm-hmm. are going to look at me all differently. And then I come in there, and I'm just like, what's up, dude? Yeah. Just <laughs> how <I wanna> chill. <laughs> but I'd have, like, some goth, hard metal-type song and just, like, play that in the background and, I want to run in there like Rikishi. I don't know if you guys any, remember like that wrestler. He's like this. I like don't
1: rookie. remember Rikishi running, but
2: no, well not um. yeah, <laughs> many times. But yeah, Rikishi. Like I, I want to come in there like him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so here's the other one. If you were featured on the local news, what would you most likely be on there for?
2: Probably some stupid shit like burning my house by accident. <laughs> <laughs> like- oh, by
1: accident. Yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> not, not on purpose. I, I'm not just gonna. <laughs> I just want to burn my house today.
1: <laughs> what would it? What would have? Would it have been like for like a like cooking or something like that or?
2: Yeah, cause I I cook a lot. Well, um, especially like now with the pandemic, so I cooked often. But like, there's there are moments where I'm just like forgetting that the stove is still on. Like honestly like I'll cook and then I'll I'll put like the like my pot like my pan and I got to bake something in there and then next thing you know I forget to turn off the stove and after I'm done eating it's still on and I'm like oh shit like this is so bad (laughs) so that's that's what it would be
1: um name one tv show that you wish that you were in
2: a tv show that I would be in damn what's a there's a lot of tv shows I've been watching There's this show, um, not a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people watch it, but there's a show called Superstore. It's pretty much like kind of like a, like a parody of like Walmart, like Walmart employees. Mm -hmm. But I want to be in that show because it's just like, it seems like it's legit, like a sincere experience of what it's like walking inside Walmart and how employees act. So now every time I stop by to a Walmart, I just keep thinking like, oh man, these are exactly what these actors are like in that show. So I want to be in a show like that because it just it'll be easy. Like you don't even have to pretend, you could just act stupid.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's the lightning round. It's not nothing hella bad. So it's just like getting those quick questions, but woo, awesome. we're done. It's um for those who don't know, we spent like two hours just chopping it up, you know, mm-hmm. camera issues and all. But as always, Cyrus, it's such an honor and pleasure to have you on the show. Mm-hmm. And I
0: appreciate Great it. Great talking
1: Canada. to you with you, man. Get-
0: <laughs> Get a cannon. I
2: know, all right,
1: <laughs> all no, right Nikon, y'all. no Nikon. All right, <laughs> <laughs> subscribe, like, comments, follow.
2: Thank you, Instagram. thank you, thank you so much, guys. Right. We out.
1: Bye.